Some of you may be wondering why I'm dressed like this. Um, <laughs> don't get used to it. Uh, Some people were asking me, you know, why, why are you so dressed up today? It's because I have a funeral today, and this is it. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to lay to rest that which has died, faith without works. Faith was born in 33 A.D. when Jesus Christ was resurrected from the grave. And those who bore witness to his resurrection believed that he was the risen Son of God. Faith in Christ grew in the hearts of believers everywhere and began to take hold in the world. Yet as faith grew in the hearts of some, it began to grow cold in the hearts of others. Faith without works became more and more prevalent. Faith without works soon became the hallmark of so many so-called believers in Christ. Yet they were believers in name only. Some of the accomplishments of faith without works are giant church buildings with no one in them because believers did not accompany their faith with action when it came to sharing their faith with those who do not know Christ. Another accomplishment of faith without works are cities with many churches but with rising homeless populations and hungry children. Yet another accomplishment of faith without works is the continued violence in the streets of America's cities as faith without works keeps people segregated, separated, and oppressed. Faith without works leads to a, led to a false sense of security in the lives of so-called followers of Jesus who believed that a Sunday morning faith was good enough. Faith without works prompted many to show up to worship on a Sunday, but never take their faith seriously enough to accompany it with action. So we come today to lay to rest faith without works. Rest in peace. As followers of Jesus Christ, you and me, we are called to do more than to just give lip service to our faith. We are called to do more than just talk the talk. We are called to do more than just show up for an hour on Sunday, maybe sing a few nice songs, hear a positive, uplifting message, and leave with smiles on our faces and sunshine in our hearts. We're called to do more uh, than just wear a Christian t-shirt or put a Christian fish on the back of our car. We're called to do more than live a bumper sticker kind of faith. We're called to do more. We're called to live out our faith, to put our faith in action, to put our faith in motion, to put hands and feet to our hearts, hands and feet to our faith, to do more than just say, I believe, but rather to live out what we believe. This is what we are called to do as followers of Jesus Christ. Jesus said in Luke 9, 23 and 24, he said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. Jesus expects sacrifice from his people. Jesus expects us to live out our faith, to take up that cross daily, and to follow him daily. How do we follow Jesus? By loving God. How do we love God? By loving people. 
You see, that's what it's all about. That's what we as a church here at GFCC, that's what we're all about, is helping people follow Jesus. And we help people follow Jesus by loving them, by serving them, by sharing the gospel with them. We are to be loving God by loving people. This is faith in action. This is faith with good works. This is the life to which we are called. Not just a Sunday morning faith, not just to show up and do my church thing once a week, but we are called to live out our faith Sunday to Sunday to Sunday to Sunday. There can be no letting up. There can be no giving up. There can be no giving in. There, can, there has to be perseverance. There has to be sacrifice. We are called to follow Jesus every hour of every day. It is more than just saying, I believe. The rubber has to meet the road. And that's where faith and life intersect. We've been going through the book of James here on Sunday mornings, if you haven't been with us before. And uh, we're going to continue our study in the book of James today. We are in James chapter 2. And uh, before we get to James chapter 2, I want to talk for just a second about the good things that sometimes people do in their lives you know, there's a lot of good things that we can do in, in the name of God. There's a lot of good things we can do in the name of Jesus. And Jesus even referred to this in the Gospels, in his Sermon on the Mount. He said that there's lots of people who are going to do a lot of things in his name, but, but it doesn't mean anything if it's not accompanied by love in action. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. The only ones who live, the only ones who survive, the only ones who live forever are the ones who do the will of God. The will of God is to love God by loving people. This is the will of God, to love God by loving people. If we are not loving God by loving people, we are not doing the will of God. It is about putting faith in action, love in motion. In the name of Jesus Christ. Notice in this passage that we just read that people are saying, we, we did religious things in your name, God. We did religious things in your name, Jesus. We uh, did religious things like casting out demons and prophesying and preaching and teaching. We did all these things in your name, Jesus. And Jesus says, I never knew you. You didn't do the will of my Father in heaven. It's about putting faith in action. It's about putting feet to our faith. It is more than just saying, I believe. It is living it out every day. In the book of Isaiah, before we hit James, I want to get to the book of Isaiah. Uh, if you didn't bring your Bible, you can grab one out of the chair in front of you. It looks like this. And uh, if you want to follow along, it's on page uh, 526. And it's, the chap it's Isaiah 58. And in Isaiah 58... The prophet Isaiah is speaking on behalf of God, and the people of Israel were saying, hey, we're, we're, we, we, have, we fast every week. We have a day of fasting every week. And God says, that ain't good enough. 
Because you're, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're not doing the will of God. Look at uh, Isaiah 58 with me. Isaiah 58 says this, Shout it aloud, do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the house of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say. Why have we fasted and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, God says, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for a man to humble himself? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying on sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. And you will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord, and I will cause you to rise on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. The people of Israel were not caring about people. They were not loving people. And there were people among them who were hungry. There were people among them who were oppressed. There were people among them who were naked. There were people among them who were looked down upon and talked bad about. They weren't caring for their brothers and their sisters in faith. And here in the church in America in 2016, we are guilty of the same things. We do not care for those around us. And God says that this is a sin. We do not care for the broken and the homeless. We do not care for the hungry and the naked. We do not care for the oppressed and those who are suffering injustice. We do not care for the people around us, in our communities, in our churches, in our schools. And this, to God, is unacceptable. We can say, oh, we do all these wonderful things for God. We show up every Sunday and we sing His praises. We take communion every Sunday. We baptize lots of people. Great. Those are good things to do. But if we are not loving God by loving people and serving people, then we are not fulfilling the will of God. In James chapter 2, is where we're, our main passage for today. 
We're looking at verses 14 through 26. It's on page 855, 855 of the Bible of the chair in front of you. Page 855, James 2. And we're going to talk about faith and deeds for a few moments. In James 2.14, James writes, What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well. Keep warm and well fed. But does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Faith by itself if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. There were people in James's day that were pronouncing blessings on their brothers and sisters in faith who had no clothes and who had uh, no food. And they say, would say, go, I wish you well. Keep, hung, uh, keep well fed and keep warm. As though those blessings were doing anything for their physical needs. It's like what we do in the church today. When somebody comes to us and says, oh, I'm really having a hard time. I'm, I'm kind of down on my luck and, and things are going really bad. I'm, I'm really struggling. And Well, I'll pray for you. Now, there's nothing wrong with praying for people. There's nothing wrong with praying with people. But if you have and somebody else has not, and you're not willing to sacrifice for them to help them in their time of need, then your faith is dead. You can pray to God all you want. But if you're not living out your faith, and demonstrating your love for your fellow uh, brother or sister in Christ, if you're not demonstrating your love for your fellow man or woman, if you're not demonstrating your faith and proving it and putting love into action, then your faith is dead, according to James. I don't want a dead faith. I want a living faith. I want a living faith that changes things. I want a living faith that changes me and changes my heart and changes lives of the people around me. I want a church that has a living faith. I want a church that is full of people who are on fire for Jesus Christ and for demonstrating his love and showing his love to people. That we don't just love people in name only. That we don't just love God in name only, but that we really, truly love people in Jesus' name. For that is what we are called to do. It does us no good to wish people well and to bless people in Jesus' name if we're not willing to reach out to them and take care of their needs as well. Let's continue in James 2, verses 18 and 19. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there is one God? Good! Even the demons believe that. And shudder. There are two instances in the book of Mark where Jesus is a, approaches people with demons. And one is in Mark chapter 3, verse 11. And so the demons, this is what happens. Whatever the impure spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. Do you hear what the demons said? The demons confess that Jesus is the Son of God. Same thing happens in Mark chapter 5. There's a, a guy who's filled with many, many demons. And when Jesus approaches, the demons say, What do you want with us, Son of God? And that's when Jesus casts the demons out of them into some pigs. What do you want with us, Son of God? There are people who, who do not even have as much faith as the demons have. Because the demons believe in God. The demons believe in Jesus as the Son of God. But it doesn't 
do anything. They don't trust Jesus. They don't put their faith in Jesus. They don't live out a faith in Jesus. And sadly, many Christians don't either. We are called to live out our faith. James says, you say you got faith? Well, let me tell you how I got faith. I'll show you how I have faith. I will put my faith into action. And that's what we are called to do, is to put faith into action. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, not verse 7, it says verse 7 on the screen. It's supposed to be verse 6. That's neither here nor there, because what really matters is what Paul says in Galatians 5. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. That the faith that we have in Jesus Christ has to express itself in love for God and love for people. That's how we express our faith. That's how we express our love is for God and by loving people. The only thing that counts So you can stand up and wave your arms in the air. You can come forward and confess your sins. You can come forward and confess your faith. You can get baptized. You can get re-baptized. You can get re-re-baptized. You can do all kinds of things that look good and that, that put on a good religious show for people. But if you are not loving people in the name of Jesus Christ, your faith, in, in James's words, is dead and useless and worthless. You can confess, oh, I have faith. You can say, I believe in Jesus. You're in good company. Because the demons believe that too. But if you want more than a demonic faith, if you want more than the faith of demons, if you want a faith that is real, then you've got to express that faith in love for God and love for people. This is the kind of faith that pleases God. This is the kind of faith that is expressed in action. You know, even God didn't just tell the world that he loved the world. No, he showed the world that he loved the world. What's one of our favorite verses, right? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. He gave his son. God put love into action and he gave us his son. He did something about our sin problem and he gave us his son so that whoever believes in him by putting their faith in Jesus and repenting from their sins and confessing their faith and getting baptized, that when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, he forgives your sins and washes you clean and he puts his Holy Spirit in you and he begins to change you and transform you from the inside out so that you can love God by loving people, so that you can put faith into action, so that you can put feet to your faith and hands to your faith and take care of those who are in need and take care of those who are hurting and take care of those who are suffering, take care of those who are struggling. This is faith in action. This is a living faith, not a dead one. I heard a couple stories recently. I want to share them with you. Uh, one, I, I heard a story this week about someone who um, saw a homeless person uh, with a cardboard sign, and they didn't have any money. And they thought, I don't have any money. They looked around their car, and they found a box of Pop-Tarts. And they went up and said, I don't have any money, but I got a box of Pop-Tarts. That's love in action. That's Jesus working in someone's life to say, I don't have much, but here's what I got. I got some Pop-Tarts. They're fortified. It makes a good breakfast. <laughs> S- sort of. I know somebody else who carries a gift card to a grocery store in their wallet all the time. And if they see somebody 
homeless or hungry, they give them the gift card. And you know what they do next? They go buy another one. So they always have a gift card on them in order to be able to help that person who might need their help. That's love in action. That's faith in action. That is faith expressing itself through love. Now, I'm not telling you you've got to go out and buy a box of Pop-Tarts or a box of granola bars, but it may not hurt. Keep a box of Pop-Tarts or a box of granola bars in your car, and you see that person say, you know what, I don't got a lot of money, but I got a box of granola bars. That'll take the edge off. Or maybe you go out and you get a grocery card to Strax or Meyer, and you keep 25 bucks in your wallet to give to somebody who needs it. When somebody says, man, I, I, I don't know where if I got enough groceries for the week, I got your back. See, that's putting your faith in God. That's putting your trust in God that God is going to provide for your needs so that you can provide for someone else's needs. That's faith in action. That's faith expressing itself through love. Let's keep going. Galatians, uh, James 2, 20 through 24. You foolish man, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. That story takes place in Genesis 22 when Abraham is called by God to sacrifice his only son Isaac uh, on an altar. And God provided the ram that would take Isaac's place. But Abraham believed God, he trusted God, and he obeyed God. And his faith was put into practice, his faith was put into action, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham was declared right with God because he put faith into action. He obeyed God. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is useless. Such faith cannot save us. A person, James says, is justified by what they do and not by faith alone. Faith is an absolutely essential part of it, but that faith has got to do more than just be a, I believe, lip service kind of faith. It has to be put into practice and into action. Let's finish the chapter by talking about the complete opposite of Abraham. Abraham was one of the patriarchs of Israel, and now we're going to hear about a prostitute who is (laughs) equated with Abraham. In the same way, it was not even Rahab, the prostitute, considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Rahab was a prostitute, and she hid spies who went into Canaan, into the promised land, to spy out the land. And she hid them because she trusted God, and she believed in God, but she put that faith into action. And so I want to talk for just a moment about some ways that we can put faith into action. One of the things that we can do as a church family is care for one another, is to look after one another, to care for each other's needs. And one of the ways that we can do this, we have some wonderful senior saints around here. Uh, we have some wonderful elderberries. We have some wonderful people who are uh, uh, maybe physically limited in, in a couple of different ways. And what can we do to help them uh, this fall? I think a great way is to, to do some yard work for some of our senior saints or some of our elderberries who, are, who may not have the physical capabilities or the financial capabilities to take care of the yard. So how can we do that? Well, Sean, just tell us what to do. No, you, you do it. 
Don't wait for the elders to, to put together a, a plan. Don't wait for Sean to put together a plan. Just do it. You look around and say, hey, you need some yard work help? Grab your family. Go do some yard work. Help people out. Or uh, maybe you need to... Um, uh, look around and, and, and listen to people and, and hear their stories and talk to people about what's going on in their lives and, and give them some grocery help. For some of these young families in our church, just starting out and they got two, three kids or six or eight, maybe they need some help. How can you provide for them? How can you help take care of them? One of the things that, that is coming up here in our town uh, is uh, it's called the Griffith Community Initiative. And uh, the Griffith Community Initiative uh, is going to do a workday community service day on October 15th. So maybe you and your family want to throw on your GFCC t-shirts and go out and and help some people on on Griffith Community uh, Service Day. And like I said, that's on October 15th. This is the website, griffithcommunityinitiative.org. Go ahead and uh, hook up with Griffith Community Initiative and go out and serve some people in Jesus' name. Because that's what we're called to do. The only thing that counts, Paul says, is faith expressing itself through love. If we do not love people, if we do not love God by loving people, our faith doesn't count. That kind of faith is dead. That kind of faith needs to be laid to rest. And so we come together today to do just that. To lay faith without works to rest. Let's pray. Father God, how we need to be challenged, how we need to express faith in love. Lord, there are people around us who are hurting and struggling and suffering. There are people around us who are hungry. There are people who are around us who, are, who don't have enough clothes to wear, who don't have transportation, who do not have shelter or adequate shelter who do not have groceries in their pantries. There are people who are hurting and suffering. Father, give us a heart for those who hurt. Give us a heart for those who suffer and struggle. May we demonstrate and express our love for you and our love for Jesus by loving them and providing for their needs. Thank you, Father, for the ways that you've provided for us, for the ways that you've taken care of us and poured out your love and grace upon us each and every day. Thank you for the forgiveness that you've given to us in Jesus. And may his example of love, may his sacrifice of love prompt us, encourage us, exhort us, challenge us to do the same. Lord God, we praise you. We pray that you would give us a heart for people and that you would help us put faith in action. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Amen.